welcome to another episode of the Beantown Brits podcast. A podcast brought to you by some baseball-loving Brits and their friends, in which they discuss all things about their favourite team, the Boston Red Sox. Due to people's timings, tonight's episode just features a group review of the last two weeks' play, a preview of upcoming series, players to look out for with the start of the minor league season, and some wider MLB chat. But please do keep an eye out for a bonus podcast landing this week, in which I will be chatting to Nick from the LA Angels UK and host the Halfway Around the Halo podcast about the upcoming series and about the MLB UK community, of which he is a leading light. So, before we get into the group chat, um, let's probably have a little bit of review of what's happened over the last couple of weeks since we last released our podcast. So, we went to the Mets, all fearing, DeGrom, DeGrom, oh no, DeGrom on day two. But hey... We won. We won. And that takes our record to four and zero against DeGrom, against the Red Sox. Um, and then I'm going to admit, for me personally, it was a bit of a roller coaster. That we went to Texas and uh, it was very hot and cold. And then we played Detroit and somehow we scraped two wins out of a three match series. I still don't know quite how we did it. But then we go to, then we obviously play Baltimore and suddenly we've come alive against our early season nemesis. Uh, and tonight we go for the four-game sweep. So it's been a bit of a roller coaster. So it's going to be great to see what the boys and girls have got to say tonight. So welcome all. I've got Barry, I've got Drew, I've got Sam, and Anastasia. Thanks for joining me, people. Are we all well? Yeah, we're all good. good. Yeah, I'm yes. good. Thanks. Good, good, good. Right. So. As we always try and do, rather than sort of nitty gritty, let's sort of take a positive and negative we found over the last couple of weeks. Um, and I'm going to start off tonight with Barry. Barry, what's your positive? What's your negative? Well, positive for me is even when we're playing bad, we're still scraping wins. Um, offense is playing well. Pitching's going well. Even Garrett Richards, after our last podcast, just came out and, no pun intended, knocked it out of the ballpark. And of course, you've been his biggest fan all season so far. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'll criticise any player that I think isn't performing. However, as I said, I support the Red Sox, so I don't care about the name on the back of the jersey. As long as they're playing well for the jersey, I'll support them. And the way he's playing right now, I will be cheering for him. And I'm hoping he keeps it up because he's been doing really well. Yeah, you could argue, I don't know what anyone else hears, I'm going to throw something slightly controversial. I'd actually say he's been better than Evaldi, who was probably supposed to be one of our aces over the last couple of starts. Um, but we'll yep. come on maybe to Evaldi a bit later. Any negatives? Anything you're concerned, worried about? My, my negatives still are Ottavino and, and Taylor. Um, I still think they are very erratic. Um Ball control's not really great. Um, Ottavino cost us the game against uh, Texas, where he walked off, walked the lead-off guy, um, and you can you can see he's frustrated. I mean, yesterday he came, he, he got away with it uh, against Baltimore, but he came out off. He went into the dugout, and he was actually hitting a cool box uh, out of frustration. So. Yeah, I think he'll still come good. Um, Taylor is my main concern. I don't know. I don't see enough there that I can think he's going to pull it out. Yeah, fair enough. So, okay, that's that's you, Barry. Sam, welcome back. Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, it's good to be back. Missed it. 
Good, good, good. Well, it's great to have you. So your positive, your negatives. What, what's what's your take over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so I also want to just quickly touch on the on the Richards thing. I was just looking at his stat line earlier, and I think in his first four starts, he went 6.2 innings. He walked 13. He only gave 12 strikes, and he had an ERA of 6.4. Over his last three starts, he's pitched 19 innings. He's only walked two. He's got 22 strikeouts, and his ERA is 2.8. Yeah, so I think you the... can you can see a massive change in his mechanics and the way he's playing, the confidence he's playing. He's just I think he's just slowed everything down. I think that's massively mm-hmm. helped him as well. And I yeah, think the, you know confidence... I'm a big fan. You know I'm a big sort of a, a walks kill. I hate walks. So you know I think that's been a big thing for him. Is is controlling that? Yeah, definitely. I think to stay on the the, the starting pitching route. I think again, Erod and Pavetta now. You know, both five and zero. Oh, I think outstanding performance from them to a real confidence um, within our starting pitching. Um, we just need to go slightly longer. I feel because I think you know we're we're, we're nine and one when we pick uh, nine and one when starting pitchers last six more than six innings. Mm-hmm. So I think again, the longer we can go into games, it you know takes the pressure of the pressure of the bullpen. Um, another name to throw in the mix. I think Bryce. I think. He's, he's, he's sort of another tailor. He, he came in the other day and, and I think sort of lost us the game. I think he gave up three runs or something like that. And I, I just think, you know, it's just not what we need from our bullpen from, from a negative standpoint. But my massive bugbear at the moment is the amount of runners we're leaving on base. Mm-hmm. I think the, the amount of runners that were, were the missed opportunities, I think even last night in the Orioles game, we had two bases loaded opportunities. And I think we only scored the one run out the out the, the two opportunities. And I just think that's just a massive missed opportunity. Uh, and I think where we're going to get into situations down the line, we, we can't keep leaving, you know, runners on base in some of these tight games, getting on into the into the into some of these tight series that we're going to face uh, and, and some of the teams that we're, we're going to have later on as well. Um, I think so, yeah. you can argue, Sam, could you not argue that that is a reflection of the imbalance of the lineup at the moment? Where yes. you've, got a, you've got a core top five that are getting on base and, and, and hitting and then something we'll probably all touch on a bit more widely is that bottom of three to four batters where production has been limited they've had spot days but it generally has been limited yeah i've, I've got some stats on that later so i'll, I'll save well, it for there we're, but we're that's that's, that's that's one for the areas i wanted to sort of get in a bit deeper on today so next up anastasia welcome good to see you good Thanks to see you that. your positives your negatives yeah so my positives um i mean i agree with everything the guys have just said those are the really obvious positives so i was looking for something a little bit a little bit more sort of off the wall and personally i really love michael chavis i think he's a great character when he was over here for the london series his tweets were hilarious talk about the size of cars over here and just like childlike wonder at being in the uk so personally he's a favorite um so i'm excited that he's back up i mean i know that his offense has been patchy and we'll have to see whether he's managed to fix all the issues about chasing balls and all the rest of it but um I think it's exciting and I don't think it's necessarily it'll hurt to have an extra person on the bench to come in. Um, we've had a short bench, especially with uh, Kike out. Obviously, that's why Chavis was called up, but now Arroyo is on the IL as well. So um, 
I think Chavis being up there's going to help. And uh, with the lack of production at the bottom end of the lineup, hopefully he'll be able to contribute there as well. Um, and my hope is that he's here to stay and not going to go back down <laughs> in 10 days. But we'll wait right. to see whether, that, whether that's the case. Um, and then in terms of negatives, um, mine's sort of more looking forward. So the at the moment, we've not been playing great at home. So I think we're just above 500 in home games. And we've got some tough teams coming in with the Oakland and the Angels and their, their, home, ser- their home series. So I think that's it's not a negative yet, but it could be soon is what, what I'm thinking. We need to sort of try and improve on our win percentage at home at the moment. It's, it's interesting because obviously for many seasons, you know, Fenway has been the dominant mm. sort of where we get a lot of our wins. Basically, the quirks of the place, they know how the field there. You know, where the hitters had to react to the wall. But it's interesting, actually, probably, I don't know, I've not looked at it, but I've had a feeling for the last couple of years that sometimes they're better playing away. And whether that's a crowd yeah. thing, sometimes you're better playing away from the crowd when you're not great yeah. because they're on your back. Well, last year, last year we were terrible sense. everywhere. But Yeah, I don't yeah. wonder if that's something. So that's great. So, big man, how are you, Drew? I'm good. Thank you for thanks for having me on as you, again. And uh, yeah, uh, talk about very quickly on touch upon the Fenway. Uh, uh, is it going to be a fortress or not? Uh, Ten thousand are due in a, in a few hours' time, and I think that's exciting as well. I think that's the first thing. It feels like it's going to be a, like I've, I don't know how how everyone else feels when they watch other sports, but. Like the crowd, the sound of the crowd in baseball is like even with four thousand, five thousand people in the stands, it just it just feels brilliant. I think I just want to start off with a massive positive in terms of the sport, how great it feels to hear crowd back, and hopefully that will kick on. Uh, positive nexus, uh, positives. Uh, we've got the best record in baseball, guys, and no one's mentioned it yet. So I thought I'd state the obvious, the blooming obvious. Uh, Twenty, we're nine games above five hundred, and we're. We're not. We're what? What's the date today? It's the uh, my mum's birthday, the tenth of May. There we go. Uh, so like happy days with that. Did you yes, I, I, I've done my Amazon. I've done my Amazon gift voucher because I have no idea what to get my mum anymore. <laughs> so happy birthday, uh, Pauline Osborne, my mum. But yeah, uh, we're, we're nine games above five hundred, guys. I mean, that's the first thing. It's like all these negatives. Is like, uh, I think the negatives are justified. By the way, I'm not going to belittle any negative fibre we've got at the moment, but. Uh, if we nullify these negatives, we're going to be like the 2018 Sox, right? We're going to win 100 million games, and that's that's what it is. It's uh, the reason why we're doing it is it's hitting. It's, it's it's fantastic. We've got the highest uh, highest uh, hitting average across across the sport. In uh, not and it's like I said in a previous show, but it's uh, it's not not done on the on the home run. We we, we work the count. We we uh, we get singles. We get doubles. Uh, and it's it's been brilliant for that. Uh, the negatives for me, very quickly, that's without saying like I'm repeating from everyone else. Obviously, the bullpen uh, is either absolutely amazing, or we're a little bit w- worried about it at the moment. And uh, I, I feel like uh, I feel like at times uh, we we have needed to put away chances. I think last night's game should never have been a four to three game against uh, the O's. That should that felt like a nine to three game, and then he went, "Oh, blind me! We've got to save this one now." And uh, I think it was when Ottavino gave up the run in the eighth, wasn't it? Yesterday, it was like hit home like this is actually a tighter game than it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
uh yeah it's it's been good it's like i feel like we have won games where it's been messy we've won games that's been i think last thursday in particular i think the uh i think you alluded to earlier johnny uh the game where uh uh it seemed like it lasted for about five hours against detroit the uh the final game of the three game set where we were very sloppy though in defense we we're very sloppy in pitching and we won 10 uh 12 9 12 9 i believe yeah and it was four runs at the end and that that's where we won it and i think those games we just want to get the w and move on it's detroit we know they're gonna lose a hundred plus games uh, I said that about Baltimore. Baltimore, I quite like Baltimore in a strange way this year, but Detroit are definitely a 110 loss team. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think yeah, I'm going to I'm going to jump in there. Mm-hmm. We say that we are nine games above 500, and we've got a great record, best record in the, in the AL. But just to get everyone's opinion, it, it's me. It doesn't seem like we've got that. It's it's been. I don't know whether I've really got still that full confidence and whether that's part of me, because I think, have we really played some decent teams yet? You know, we've got, there's going to be some harder stretches coming up. You know, we haven't played Tampa very much yet. We have found their form. We've got Oakland coming in. We haven't started playing the Yankees yet, which adds a dynamic. Um, And, you know, we, we, you know, we're going to see the Phillies that are playing pretty well at the moment. You know, the Marlins aren't the worst. There's teams, you know, it's okay beating Texas and Detroit and Baltimore who are expected to be towards the bottom of the ho- in the whole league, not just their divisions, their whole league. But yeah. that can some So whether that is what's in the back of my mind, whether I, I fully buy into this. Yeah, uh, going back to it very quickly, I think it's like that could bring the best out of teams as well. You're playing the best of the best. I feel like the Red Sox at times feel like, oh, we're going to roll these teams over and enough, that's where the sloppiness comes in. Uh, going to like suggest that it could be a positive thing. It could turn the season around for teams. Uh, the Cubs last week played uh, the Dodgers and the Cubs are uh, uh, expected to sell this year. They, like, they, they put out a competitive side, but the expectation from the fan base is they're going to sell. And then they go and sweep the Dodgers and it's sort mm-hmm. of kicked start their season. Uh, Granted, it was two. I'm going to wind up my brother, but it was two seven inning games, and uh, they won in extras in the third one. So it was a it was a sweep. Uh, but uh, maybe we need to play the best of the best to get us going and get that adrenaline going. Uh, I, I, I part of me was like I took great privilege in the last episode, like winding up the, that the Yankees were bottom. But a part of me wants the Yankees to be quite good, but we still beat them. Yeah. I want them to feel like they're going to get the players. I feel like they're going to get to the World Series and then we beat them in Game 7. I think a little bit for all of us wants a little bit like, we want the Yankees to feel like they're good enough and then they're not. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I kind of like, and my dad gave a great point actually. Uh, the reason why we've not played them yet is probably because they want fans in the stands for those series. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like, why are we not playing them yet? We're not playing them yet. He goes, well, they probably think they're going COVID related. And it's actually as simple as that, wasn't it really? So like, bring on like Bronx, bring on, bring on the Yankees. And, uh, the Yankees haven't like won games convincingly. They've had a couple of walk-offs recently. They're still not scoring enough runs by their standards. They're not scoring them, uh, 
apart from via the home run, which is still going to be an Achilles heel for them in the postseason. Uh, but uh, maybe we want these high profile series to come to to maybe bring the best out of us as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or we get swept and we find out where we are. The, yeah, uh, the, the negative. A little bit. You know, interesting, and I'm going to come up with one stat here. I think the reason why the Yankees are, are struggling is that their batting average is 222. Yeah. They can't just live, they are living and dying by the long ball. And it's, you know, Judge and Stanton, you know, Judge is not having a great season. And you look at their lineup and you think, well, it's not, yeah, as long as you don't put it down the middle of the plate, there's nothing really looks like it's going to hurt you there. But you mate, can afford to walk them, Johnny. You never know. You never know. Look, but hey, look, they're, they're good. They're a very good team. I still think they, I still have them to win the division. So let's see where we get to. But anyone else got any thoughts? Is that, do I have I the just, same feelings? Anyone else on this? Anastasia? I just wanted to jump in and say, I agree with you. In 2018, it felt like we just couldn't lose. Now it feels like we're winning, but we're grinding to win. And then on Drew's point about the Yankees, I read something interesting this week that the fan graphs odds for reaching the postseason, they've got the Red Sox at 63%, which is double what they had had us at before the season started. But they've got the Yankees at 84.5%. So they still think that the Yankees are going to reach the postseason ahead of us despite the start of the season. So I just thought that's just an interesting, interesting well, what would be rivalry, I guess. So, yeah. So, right, right then. So, obviously, we mentioned just now the batting lineup. It's a little bit lopsided, but if we run down what where we are in terms of offense, we are top in average. We're top in RBIs. We're top in runs. We're top in slugging. Top in OPS. Top in hits. Top in second base. Yeah, that's and we're probably tied for a few other things, aren't we? But that, that's that's a solid offense that's doing that sort of numbers in this league. Yet we look at our lineup and you've got, well, Kike's been doing all right at, at the top and Arroyo's spotted quite well at times. But then you've got that heart. You've got Verdugo, you've got Martinez, you've got X-Man, you've got Devers. Almost, you don't, just people just can't or want to pitch to them. They are, they're having lights out seasons. And then suddenly we get to, well, Gonzalez. Well, Gonzalez has not been too bad. You've, but then you've had the likes of Renfro. Uh, we better speak about Mr. Codero in a minute. We've had Bobby D, who struggled. Um, <laughs> where do we go from this? Because eventually, if these pitch, good pitching comes up against Martinez and X-Man, etc., and they, they have a cool period... And it's interesting from the games where we haven't scored runs, it's when they haven't had their hits. That's when I think we're susceptible. Anyone want to sort of talk me in where, what we should do with this bottom liner? Who should we move? Barry, you had... I think, I think we're, we're also a bit of a victim of, of the team being top right now. Because I think if we weren't playing well, then Dobbick would have been sent down mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Um, and I think they're having a bit more patience with the players because... The rest of the lineup is doing so well. Um, I think Renfro, for example, will will get there. I think. I mean, the other day he was it a triple shot of a cycle. Yeah, he was. He had a, he had a, a single, a double, and a homer. I was like, mm. how can you not do this every game? Um, <laughs> Interesting. He think... he he's had a hot May. So a lot of remember a lot of these stats are because you know particularly his average is badly affected by the bad April. 
Drew. Talk about Hunter Renfro. He's one of my uh, guys I actually really like in the side. I think his club's amazing. Uh, and uh, But you look at his career stats, uh, he's been in the league five years and he's uh, a 230 career hitter. So I think we sort of signed up for what we expect from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hope with Fenway Park being a hitter-friendly park. When you get players like that, I think you want them to hit 250. If they can hit 250, uh, then I used to say it with Jackie Bradley Jr., God bless him. I used to say it with him. Can he just hit 250? When it's the 220s, that becomes uh, the back page headline in the, in the Boston Globe. Uh, so I feel like if you can get 250, it keeps you out of the back pages for the negatives, and then you justify your gloves. Uh, mm. The bottom of the order is an issue. I, I think uh, I'm going to hold my hands up. I cursed it. I said, Bobby Dolbeck, rookie of the mm-hmm. year, no problem, 100%. And I'll wear this one. He strikes out too much. He strike, he stri- he's had 95 plate appearances. I memorised this. Five, 95 plate appearances, he struck out 32 times. Yeah. That is ridiculous numbers. Uh, I, I know it's in the year of, I know in the age of uh, home run walk or strikeout, but that is pushing it. Yeah. And he just needs to learn like, uh, to to do that, and I think that's the way the bottom of the lineup. Could, I mean, I know it's like ridiculous because we're top scorers and we're doing everything we can. But I, if if you're going to make an out, hit it to second base, move the guy from second to third. Yeah. That's what I, I like, and hopefully they'll mature into that. Maybe he suffered from the fact they hit five home runs in five games last year, and he thinks he's a home run hitter. But that's what uh, I think he needs to learn the art of hitting. I think Sam. for me, I think yeah, Dolbach yeah, reminds me a little bit of Devers really early on. He would sort of mm-hmm. swing at everything. He would chase after every pitch and he would constantly get uh, strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. They went away with Devers, worked on his mechanics, worked on his swing. And then throughout the, the, the season, you saw a change in his plate appearances. He was drawing walks. He wasn't striking out as much. And I think they need to go away and do the same as as, as Dolbach. And I think um, going back to the, the Renfro conversation, I think it's Renfro or Cordero for me. I don't think you can have both in the rotation. Um, and I think um, when you go back and look at the Tigers and the Rangers series, the combination of Renfro, uh, Dolbach and uh, Cordero, we've got 0 for 3, 0 for 4, 0 for 4, 0 for 5, 0 for 3, 0 for 3, 0 for 4, 0 for 3, 0 for 2, Two for yeah. two for four, one for four, uh, one for two. It's, it's sort of their batting numbers between the three of them over the series, and and then you look at Cordero. I think um, he's under a hundred batting average at the moment, and I think his one bright spot so far was when he came in for Kike when he Kike went out, yeah. and and he ended up hitting three for five, <laughs> and that was his best performance. But the problem at is. <laughs> yeah, at leadoff as well. And it's just like, <laughs> hang on, you, you come in at short notice and you, you put out that performance. But when you're in the lineup, you're, you're, you're striking out every game. Yes, you've got that defence element in the outfield for us, but that's not enough. And I think he needs to go down, get some time, build up his confidence a little bit, get some at-bats. Um, and it, and it, it, I suppose at the same time, it gives us the opportunity to, to try someone different in the outfield as well. Anastasia, and your thoughts on this? Yeah, I completely agree with Sam. I think he needs to go down to AAA, see some of the sort of more veteran pitchers that are down there. He might like get in the lineup every day, get some solid at-bats and really work on some things. He's still young, so I think 
he is still working on things and I think there's still time for him but I think the major leagues right now is not where he should be practicing which is what it kind of feels like and I know he had that one standout game but one standout game doesn't make up for the season and if like Sam says if you're going to choose between Cordero and Renfro I'd have Renfro every time because his defense is better as well so yeah, and Renf- Renfro looks like the, the the swing is controlled. He knows mm-hmm. he knows the sort of things that he needs to adjust to make it. And you know, I remember mentioning on a couple of the early podcasts that I actually thought he was hitting the ball clean and hard. It was yeah. just one of those where yeah. it was always at second base or shortstop or, or or straight to the outfielder. He's now getting those breaks which you get over a season where he hits it just as cleanly, but it's just to the right or just to the left of the infielders. And, it, and, and it's in the gaps between outfielders and it's getting down on the grass. So I, I've always had my thought that he would come round. Mm-hmm. Cadero, it, it's, he is young, but it's a very long, loose swing and I'm not sure where he's controlled. And that's where I think Dahlbeck needs to get him. Is I think Dahlbeck needs to just shorten a little bit. Sometimes you, you'll hear uh, the Remdog on, on coverage and he'll say, you know, learning, just making sure you're hit, trying to control it, hit it the opposite way then you'll get going and when he's done that he's looked effective and I, I think there are offshoots that he's beginning to control a little bit more um but anyone else drew yeah i think you can like i know it's the culture of swing and miss swing and miss home run i don't think you can have bat to bat to bat players with the same uh, tactic at the plate so i think like it's it's like with cordero and dolbeck you had that uh, I, I Renfro, I think, is more consistent than that, but he, that's that's that was the seven eight nine problem we had ten days ago, where it was strike. Like I think of literally on my scorecard, I literally had a sea of K's uh, from seven to nine every time they like literally in a row. Uh, so it was like nine play appearances across the game where it was all strikeouts, and that's just summed up. It's like that's a rally killer. Like uh, you got a guy on second and third with one out, and you've got uh, Dolbeck and uh, Cordero there. <laughs> That's the end of the inning, and that should be one run. And I think that's and it sounds like the uh, the rich moaning about being hungry because we are scoring enough runs. But I'm thinking like <laughs> it's only like the third or fourth episode where we thought we might make wild card. I'm already thinking about the playoffs in the sense that, <laughs> uh, and I know it, it like come back to me in six weeks' time. We're, we're back to like third in the division, and I get a reality check. But you can't like get to the playoffs. With seven, eight, nine striking out, you've got to put the ball in play. And the Kansas City Royals in 2015 won the World Series because they just put the ball in play. And I, I think I'm worried about those strikeouts there long term. Uh, and even if we don't make the players, that's the right way to play baseball is to put the ball in play and, and manufacture runs. And the top six do that. The bottom three did. However, it was a little bit better in the last series. But was that because it was against Baltimore? Let's see what it'd be like against the future series. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to the bullpen because we have covered it a bit before. But something that struck me was, and this is the Taylor issue, Taylor is our only left-hander in the bullpen. I don't know how you all actually put that out. He's the only left-hander. This is why he gets used quite a lot. And you're thinking, don't bring him in. What are you bringing him in for, Corey? Please, what? Lefty, Taylor, lefty, Taylor. right? Yeah. And then he, and then he walks out, and you're thinking, oh my god, why, why? And it, and it dawned on me. I had a quick look down the roster the other day, and it was like, he's our only left-handed. That's got to be a concern going forward, hasn't it, Sam? 
Yes, I think he. I think. I think for me, we've got other other players at the moment that have been playing well, and I think that's not really gonna, for me, cause too much of an issue. I'm just. I can't remember for the life of me. Obviously, we've got uh, Workman back, haven't we? Now we, we've re-signed ah, him, and he's I'm gone back down to the. Yeah. Gone down. He's gone down at the moment, just to. You know, get a bit of practice, but I can't for the life of me remember if he's a lefty or a righty. But um, I think you know we've got H Hernandez in there, we've got Valdez in there. Yes, they've had a few rough innings, but actually, I think you know they're performing better at the moment. And I think you know when you look at Taylor, he's he's just it's just mechan again mechanics, confidence. Uh, it's just it just doesn't fill you with 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 that. Yes, we're going to get really out of this, does he? Of, when, when I see his appearance and I look at him, I think some some players you can carry a, a bit of a an atmosphere, a an aura about you. You're smart. You look sharp. You look you like you mean business. This guy waddles out of the bullpen. His shirt's all over the place. The hair's all over the place. The hat's on skew with. And you're thinking, have we literally just got him out of the bleachers? And how much has he been drinking? Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like that. Anyway, right. I think we kind of know where we are. We've got some good hubbub. But I want to come on to the fact that Brandon Workman has rejoined the Sox and is obviously going to do it at AAA. And I was going to say, haven't we done well out of that trade? Because Workman mm -hmm. was part of the Pavetta and Seabold trade and with Heath Hembry going the other way. And I don't know about you, Anastasia, but what he, Pavetta has been brilliant. Yeah, so we were going to talk about minor leaguers later, and actually Connor Seabold was my pick because of that very well, reason. Well, we can. No, leave, leave him there, then we'll talk about that later. But, but Nick Pavetta, but yeah, what a, what a steal been, he seems. Yeah, I mean, he reckons he's as good as DeGromman at the moment. I mean, he's not doing badly, so I wouldn't say he's quite up there with DeGrom, but I can't complain. He's won every game he's played, I think, so, you know, couldn't ask for much better production, really. Yeah, I think I think that's slightly taken out of context. He said that, you know, I have yeah. to go up there with the attitude that I'm just as good at him to compete yeah. uh, rather than he said I am. But, you know, hey, the media is like so that's that's that covered. I think we're all pretty great. Barry, which obviously we've got Oakland coming in uh, and then obviously we've got the Angels coming in before we then head off uh, on, a, on a little road trip. Um, to play the Phillies over the weekend, and I've forgotten who we're playing in before Toronto. So, coming up, what what are your thoughts over this sort of the next two weeks? What do, what do, where do, where do you see the tough matchups? What do, what are you looking forward to seeing? Um, I think Oakland will be a, a challenge, um, just because they they have a similar record to ours. They've been playing really well, um, so I think that's going to be a big test for us. Because it feel, to me it feels that's going to be our first big test, a team that will that's roughly the same as us in terms of of results, um, and if we can get through that, maybe win the series. I think that would be a really good confidence mm -hmm. booster. I'd I'd like to see Nate do a bit better. He, he's a bit he slumped a bit the last few games, so I'm hoping he can lift himself up. I'm hoping Richards can keep up the way he has been playing. Um, and I, honestly, I'm hoping if you know gets out that that slump, the, the the walking players, and starts hitting the box. Yep, yep. Drew, what are you looking forward to? 
Uh, I love Oakland anyway. Uh, uh, quite like uh, I love Moneyball, the film for start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love Billy Bean as a guy. I think what they've done there is incredible over the years, and I quite like the fact. I feel sorry for them as well. I feel like they deserve a better ballpark there. I mean, San Francisco down the road has amazing facilities, and I think I'd like the club to just get that stadium, which has been 16 years in discussion. Talking, yeah. uh, and I just feel sorry for them for that. For that, uh, in terms of in terms of the actual series, I think you know it's. Uh, I think they just lost to Tampa Bay, didn't they? They did lose two to one in the series, or uh, so. They, so they're, they're beatable. They've, they've dropped a couple of games because I think they had a better record than us a few days ago, and then we overcome that in terms of the uh, best record in baseball. Uh, just want to just want to just like think about like you, you know we just got to win two and one, two and one, two and one. Uh, in these series and uh, and keep things rolling. Like we were disappointed that we didn't sweep Detroit. I was disappointed we didn't sweep Detroit because I thought it was an opportunity to go miles ahead of the rest of the division. But if we, but does that actually do any good if we want to get where we want to get to in October? This series, if we win this T1, I will feel much better about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, doesn't, I mean, like, you know, it's. I feel like the. I've touched upon it earlier. We, uh, if we can, if we can just, you know, get this. To, I, I like, I like the Angels series as well. I think that's another option. I know they've got a losing record on them, but they, they'll be up there in the West as well. Uh, and I want to see like Showtime. I, I, I want to see Showtime. Uh, I will gloat about my ball hawk days. I, I've got a uh, batting <laughs> practice home run from uh, Mike Trout in the last time. Uh, LA came to Fenway, so it doesn't take BP very often. So I've got a Mike Trout home run ball. Uh, we'll not be sending that on eBay anytime soon. Uh, but uh, but I'm looking forward to these series. I think it's like this is a four and two. If we get a four and two out of these two series, I'll be more excited than I was last week. And even though we're getting the same numbers in mm-hmm. uh, with that, it's about like, and it comes down to starting pitching again. I think we are fifth bottom in quality starts. I want to see my starters not go five innings. I think I gloated last episode about five inning starts. I want to see six, seven, eight inning starts now. I'm being greedy now. I want my starters to go. And I think these are the opposition to do that against. Yeah, well, Martin Perez has been contributing quite often to the to the five-star, unfortunately. He's not really quite found his groove. This is Anastasia, what are you looking forward to coming up? I have a soft spot for the Angels. I, when I, my first ever game at Fenway, we played the Angels, and so I have a soft spot for them. Plus, they have Trout and Atani, and so they've got star power. And I know that they're not the best team at the moment, but you know, I think I just have a soft spot for them. I think they're a fun team to play, and um, I'm excited for the Oakland team as well because I feel like they're a bit like us because they were sort of slept on before the season started, and they've got a great record and. Again, I think they're having to fight for their wins. They're not; it's not coming easy. So, I think those would be good too. I think, I think, I think they're quite. That's quite a tough division, AL West, where there's a lot of teams who are fairly comparative. Um, interesting thing about the Angels, they actually got the second best hit average behind us in the league. Yeah. So they can hit, and now, of course, they're probably very much like us as well in that they are lopsided. In that, my trend is having. Another worldy season, <laughs> very quietly. No one tells. Oh, you don't hear anything about it. You know, it's not. Oh, Judge hits this, or you know, mm-hmm. someone's done this. Mm-hmm. You know, Mercedes has done this. You know, Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. 
at bat, hit ball, single, double, home run, whatever, get round, score. Yeah, yeah. go home. You know, hopefully the Angels win. Yeah, um, right. Obviously, it'd be good to talk to Nick. And obviously, I think there's quite about the pool hole situation. I don't, there's something not, doesn't, doesn't seem to be handled particularly well, but we'll get on to that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, good also, I think for me, um, to see Toronto uh, coming in, because obviously that's another division person. Sam, what are your thoughts coming up in the next two weeks? Yeah, look, looking forward to it. I think, as everyone's uh, mentioned, the A's are going to be a great test. I think, you know, uh, they're just behind us in, in the league at the moment for, for overall record. Uh, and they've, they've come back amazingly from that, you know, dreadful for dreadful start. So it's, I think it's a nice, nice test for us. I think um, the Orioles series has gone well at the moment to rebuild our confidence after the Tigers and the Rangers series to go into that uh, A's series with a bit of confidence, um, battle someone that, you know, is, 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 is going to be there at the end of the year. Um, um, at home, hoping that obviously it would be, you know, a kickstart for a homestand. Obviously, as we've Drew mentioned earlier, fags fans are going to start coming back in now. So obviously, hopefully, we can turn turn into a bit of a fortress. I think I mentioned uh, last podcast we haven't had a, a winning record at Fenway since 2018. So I think it's about time we we get that winning record back at, at Fenway and start to turn it back into that fortress. Yeah. I think you know the, the guys have mentioned the stars on the a uh, on the on the Angels team that we're looking forward to seeing. Uh, I, I think definitely for me, it's it's Otani doing the, the you know the double-ended sword at the moment. You know, you don't know how he's going to attack you, but he's he's, he's going to attack you and he's he's, he's going to threaten in that game. So, uh, really excited to see that. And you know, I've, I've seen a few of his highlights, and it's it's just what a player, what a player. And again, similar, you know, Blue Jays uh, we are, are away at the Blue Jays, so obviously, um, well, not away, away, but away Buffalo. <laughs> in Buffalo, <laughs> in Buffalo now, not not the not the sunny well, no, sunshine I would, state. I would, say, I would say they will not play in Canada this year, by the sounds of it. No, no, um, but yeah, that's that's going to be good because, like you said, it's it's um, a divisional game. Um, you know, they they're, they're going to be fighting up there for 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 the, the top spots as well. Um, so yeah, overall, really looking forward to the series. I think uh, I, th- I think I, this is a shame because it's, it's 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 they're all three game series. So I was going to cheat and take a split against the A's, um, but I can't take the split. So I think I, I, if I'm honest, I think we'll we'll, we'll take two one Jays, two uh, one Angels, and I, I think it's it's going to come down to that third game against the uh, against yeah. Oakland for who wins that series. Yeah, good. Right, well, that's that's a little bit of a preview for what's going on. Let's, obviously, time's getting on. We'd like to cover one story that's caught our attention in the wider baseball environment. So I'm going to start off this round with Drew. You're going to fire away. What's caught your attention in NLB wider? I want to talk no hitters. I want to talk the fact that we've already got four no hitters in the MLB this year. And I've got a question for... If you call bum garners. Yes, I know. Which uh, we debated very uh, passionately. I started that one last time, didn't I? Uh, But uh, yeah, I want to talk no hitters here. And I'm going to ask a question to the panel and see what everyone else thinks. Is it brilliant pitching or is it the fact that hitting has gone to die for another year in terms of home runs, walks, strikeouts? Oh, worries me. That's all we can only score runs on. Uh, 
Far away, I think you? I think you need to give credit uh, with that. So I just want to know what other people. I, I want to talk about one particular no hitter, but I want to hear everyone's opinions on. Uh, am I am I being really cynical and harsh on those pitchers in question, or is is hitting really at an all time low? Gary. Yeah, I think I think it's a mix of both, but I, I think you're you're doing the pitchers a disservice. Um, mm. I still think, I mean, you you've seen it yourself. A pitcher, one bad pitch, and you get slapped around the ears with with the ball. Um, so to get to go to a full game without a hit, it is a massive massive achievement, um, regardless of who you're playing. I mean, you can play the bottom team in the league. You still need to be on top of your game to go through five, six innings without a hit, let alone full nine. Yeah. Anyone else got a thought, Sam and Anastasia? Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with Barry. I think I think you've got to give the, the the pitchers the credit where it's due. And I think, you know, the the, the the tools they have in their arsenal, the pitchers they have in their arsenal to to deliver the pitches, pitch after pitch and Especially when your 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 pitch count's creeping up, to be able to still deliver the balls at at the, at the pace and the velocity that they're they're, they're pitching at, and, and and getting the getting it to drop or to change, or yeah, I think you've got to give the pitchers the credit where it's due because they can just how they keep it up for for nine innings and, and creeping up that pitch count is beyond me. So Drew, which one did you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about John Mains. I absolutely love this story. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, we all turned up, then we on open air. You go, let's go, Red Sox. You know, uh, yes, uh, it's almost like Christmas Day for me, opening day at baseball. That's how sad I've got in life. So I got, I got my, I got my uh, Sam Adams. I've got everything ready to go, and then we got shut out by John Means. And I thought, how bad is this offense? And I didn't give John Means. And um, and obviously, I've got fascinated by John Means. Watched a few more starts since then, and I've, I actually watched his start against Seattle last week and I actually saw the no hitter for start. Yeah. It's a day game UK time. It was friendly time and I watched it all the way through and it's brilliant. And then I, I sort of dug out a little nugget on social media about the how he, he had his rise to go from there. He got drafted uh, uh, from high school and he got injured and he, and he went back to college and all of that is, and then he obviously he got signed up and he was, it was an all-star as a rookie in 2019, 2020 doesn't really count in my opinion in terms of stats and then he gets this no hitter I love that story uh I'm hoping uh he listens to the show and uh when when the O's seller uh, sellers in mid-July that's uh we get our fifth starter no joking get our ace to the to the to the, to, to the party there but in all seriousness I don't think he'll be a Baltimore Oriole by the end of this season <laughs> I said that I actually was chatting with some of the Baltimore Oriole guys the, the other day and um, I, almost certainly, I just don't see how they can afford to keep him. He is going to be worth a fortune in, in, in prospects for a team that desperately needs pitching to kind of really compete in cement. And I, good luck to him. I tip my hat to him. And then obviously it was nice to see old Wade Miley get a, get a no hitter. Yes. Well. Great character for us. That was a really nice moment. Anyway, Barry, what's, what's your take? What's your MLB wide story you've been interested in? Well, I just wanted to mention as well about John Means. He is a left-hander. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, it's written yeah, in the stick him in the bullpen. <laughs> um, no, Chris Sale could be a, Chris Sale could actually be a bullpen 
guy actually. I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, if he comes back and he, he hasn't got six innings in, and maybe we use him as a bullpen guy this year. That's an early shout. Well, there you go. There we go. We've heard one of Drew's predictions, and they've um, yeah, that that, that 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 word this year already, hasn't it? <laughs> Barry, let's get back to Barry, Drew. Shush. Barry, what's, well, what's your... my 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 overall MLB um, thing that I wanted to talk about is actually to do with the Red Sox anyway, but more loose from the playing of the game. That over the last few weeks, what I found is both on the UK page and on the the US fan pages, is people moaning and complaining about the the laundry cart and the waving yeah. went on back and i'm just thinking really is that is that what it what it comes down to that you 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 think <laughs> that is going to have an impact on the game i love it i honestly it it shows to me that the team is a is like all gelling together they're all having a laugh together um i mean yeah, and Sam, absolutely, I agree there. Um, I've I've caught myself waving back at the telly when they did when they when they get on on base. Um, we sit and watch the games here, and my daughter loves loves it when the cart comes out. Um, so it's one of these things. I love it, and it's part part of what I think makes the the chemistry in the team. So I'm I'm quite confused as why people don't like it. Who knows? It's some, I think just some people sometimes just need something to moan at. That's all. That's all their life is all about. Anastasia, what's your what's your MLB? Uh, so I was going to talk about you know the big story, Pujols being DFA'd by the Angels, and um, just sort of the right way to retire. So for me, Ichiro Suzuki, he did it right. He was obviously at the end of his career. He wasn't. He wasn't playing the way he should be. So he signed a minor league contract with the Mariners, who he obviously started his major league mm -hmm. baseball career with. And they were playing the two-game series in Japan. And he was on the opening day roster for them. He went out. He played the two games in Japan. He went out to his home crowd. And I, I watched that game and I cried. And I still get goosebumps when they show it on the highlights. That's mm. the way to go out. And I feel like it's a shame that Pujols didn't get the opportunity to do that. And I don't know how much of that is his choice. I mean, I think he probably does need to retire. And I would rather he'd done it on his own terms, like David Ortiz did. And Ortiz obviously got the farewell tour. Um, but I do see that he loses. Well, I, I think he loses money if he does retire, although I'm sure he could have come to there some is kind a, of arrangement there with is the a, There is a goodwill clause, 10 million in the, in the contract. Yeah. It, it's interesting. And I'm good, we're going to have a bonus pod this week uh, where I'm going to chat to Nick from the LA Angels as well as the MLB UK. And I, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that he still felt he was a starter and he could start. Mm. And I think they were quite happy to have him on the bench, but he wasn't going to have it. And so I think there's been a little, it's probably been a bit of a fallout. And it's a shame that even, even just to hold one for one game and just go out, because yeah. I can't see anyone picking him up. I really don't see anyone picking him up, but there you go. Your last up, what's your, what's your sort of MLB story? Yeah, my, mine's, the, mine's the Dodgers. So obviously, you know, they blew everyone away at the start of the year going 13 and 2. You're thinking, here we go, Dodgers again. They've they've had a few injuries and the injuries just are, are mounting up. And all of a sudden they've lost five series in the bounce and they're they're 18 and 17. And it's like, what what's what's going on here? So yeah, so a, a little bit of uh reworking and shuffling with players for the Dodgers team, battling injuries and stuff like that. But 
uh, I think when you when you saw their start of the season, like I said, thirteen and two, you, you know, you wouldn't expect them to be eighteen and seventeen a few a few a few weeks later. So, yeah, watch watch the Dodgers and and how they manage these injuries and and how they come back. Now, the great thing is, minor league baseball is back. Brilliant news for all of us, and it's great to see obviously all the young prospects and and some few old heads still trying to hang around in the game. Um, first off. Big shout out, we've got a new AAA affiliate. The the Woo Sox, as we're all calling them, the Worcester Red Sox. Um, and on that point, I just got to have a big shout out to some good friends of the podcast. Uh, well, actually, sorry, I should say the, the group, uh, the long-term friends is the Coulson family. And they live right by it and they, they're helping out um, sort of deck out the stadium because it's inauguration day for the first home game for the for the Woo Sox, which is going to be brilliant and a very exciting time for all of them. And they've obviously been part of the sort of the group. And I do believe, and, and Adam would probably be better to tell you this, but uh, I do believe we have a Red Sox fan uh, plaque at the new stadium. And when you know one of those buy a brick things. So fantastic. Look, great. So, prospects, you never know. Some come good, some come bad. We've sort of waited on people and they've arrived and it's been a bit of a damp squib and then someone comes from a bit out of the blue and, and takes it all for storm. So, just a little quick sort of thing. Who are the prospects you're most looking forward to? Drew, fire us off. I want to start with Hudson Putz. Uh, uh, he's uh, an interesting story for me. I, I, I like this story. Uh, he... Uh, he was a first uh, first round pick for the San Diego Padres in 2016, as I think as a 17 year old, and uh, we obviously did a, a trade for him to get him to to the Red Sox. Uh, he's a power hitter. He hit 281 as a as an 18 year old in single A in 2018, uh, so he can hit for average. 2019, when he went up to Double A at San Diego, he uh, he dropped down to 230. Was more of a home run hitter. So the alarm bells there for me was a little bit like uh, the, the the typical average baseball player these days. It's home run or nothing. Uh, but uh, he's got a decent glove of that. Uh, 2020, obviously, 2020 uh, didn't happen for minor league baseball. I think that's the big thing we need to talk about is how mm. are these players going to react with a year in the cold? Uh, we felt we were robbed of major league baseball last year. We wasn't robbed nowhere near as much as the minors. No. No. Uh, no. So uh, how is that going to have effect on, on players? Uh, he's been put on the seven-day uh, injury list, so he hasn't started at double A this week yet. He's due to start tomorrow. I'm going to keep. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to definitely make the majors in the next couple of years, but I'm going to keep. I'll find that one an interesting story, and I'm going to keep yeah. an eye on that because he's a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, that's good. True, Anastasia. I think you kind of gave away who this is going to be, but let's talk about him. Come on, come on, yeah. far away. Yeah. So Connor Seabold, and I, I chose him simply because of the Pivetta trade. So we sent Brandon Workman and Heath Henbury to the Phillies last season, and they were pretty terrible for the Phillies and we've got Pavetta and Seabold in return and obviously Pavetta's been really good for us we've we've definitely won that trade even before you count in the fact that we've now re-signed Brandon Workman to a minor league deal so um we basically gave up Heath Embry and Brandon Workman for <laughs> half a season which we were going to lose anyway and we get Nick Pavetta if Brandon Workman is back to good Brandon Workman then 
great if he's not we've not really lost much and then Connor Seabold's looking promising um he's injured at the moment so I don't think he's made any starts for Worcester yet but he will hopefully soon and he's got the talent there and I also just wanted to give an honorable mention to Noah Song which technically he's not a minor leaguer because he's in the Navy so he's not playing for any of our minor leaguers right, yes, but yes. He's, he's, he's got sort of first round talent but obviously he was drafted later because of the Navy affiliation so I'm excited to see where he goes but I think he's still tied up with the Navy for the next two years unless he's he? yeah. well, uh, so hey, think but honourable mention for him yeah good shout Barry yeah I'm um... I'm not a, v- a really big follower of, of uh, minor league baseball just because of family life gets in the way. And but for me, uh, Jaron Duran is probably the one that I, I look forward to seeing more of um, just because all the reports when he played in the, in the winter league in Puerto Rico, he was the one player that kept getting talked about. Um, I, I remember David Ortiz was praising him Um so I think he could be a very, very exciting player. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. And more long, longer term, um, Blaze Jordan. I did, just I love the name, but also a 13-year-old that's hitting 500-foot home runs. Um, you can't not get excited about a player like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, obviously... Duran Duran has got the perfect name. I, you know, anyone, I, I love my music. So, you know, I could have dropped in and he's the wild boy. He's not from Rio, but let's hope he's not from an ordinary world. And it's the reflex. And, you know, anyway. Oh, stop he, it. Hungry as a wolf. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, hungry as a wolf. Him. There we go. Stop, stop, Very stop, nice. stop, stop, stop. Right. Um, <laughs> who, who am I interested in? You know, for one, the one person I'm probably interested in seeing is Jeter Downs, because obviously Verdugo has been a bit of a hit, uh, I think, on the Betts trade. Uh, and I don't think we've come out short of that trade. Uh, OK, Betts is a world, otherworldly player. We all know that. But he wasn't going to sign for the Red Sox. He, was, tried, out, he was out of that. And much as we all might have hoped he would, he wasn't. So we got the hat. We had to trade him, uh, and I think obviously with Verdugo, we've got a guy who's on not a lot of money. Obviously, he's going to build up for arbitration, but he's playing brilliantly, and he's been a brilliant signing. And G- and Jeter Downs looks like a decent player, and he's he's uh, you know he's due in you know when they put the forecast ETA to the majors, he's probably due this year. And um, whether he gets that, and and this goes to the point I was going to mention, sporting Juju. For a lot of these guys, if they haven't played, it wouldn't surprise me if you're either going to get some that will just drop straight back in. But I, I think a few of them are going to start cold. It, you know, it's, it's some of those that are more of a function player. They're more of a rhythm player where it's all about they're good over a long period. They may start cold having really not tasted too much live pitching uh, or obviously live batting in terms of the pitchers for, for some time. So... We also Tanner Houck, We should note that he's still technically down there. He's he's done the odd thing. He's gone down injured, uh, hoping it's a it's a flexor injury. And let's hope it's fingers crossed. It's nothing too serious. Um, so I think there's I think the the farm once doesn't necessarily have some standout name. There's there's some there's some good people in there who I think it's been gradually re- rebuilt. And remember, we've got how many 
players to be named later, or, you know, from, 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 was it the Kansas City deal or yeah. something like that? You know, so, you know, you, you keep building, you keep building. And if you keep building with some depth and strength, then the chances are you're going to get players come up. Good. Yeah, I think like we talked about how slow the major leaguers start in early April after spring training. Imagine having a spring training where a lot of those minor league players were playing in those games in March and then they had a month off. Of, yeah. I know they were still physically training, but that's not real games. And uh, so I wouldn't like, uh, I know it's sacrilege for me, but I wouldn't even pay attention to the numbers in May. Uh, mm. for these players and just making sure that they stay fit, stay healthy. And they're, even if they're hitting uh, a buck 30, but their approach is the right. I think looking at the approach that they're at bats, the quality of their bats, if, are they getting three, three, two counts and then striking out? It's like Things like that is worth noting for, for these players going forward. Are these guys showing the odd good curveball, but they are still having an ERA of six? That doesn't matter for me. Yeah, I think Duran Duran is actually a fine example because he had a great spring training, and a lot of people thought, "Yeah, should he break camp?" Of course, they don't want to start the clock too soon on him. You know, it's all of those shenanigans. Which hopefully, hopefully, the uh, the next sort of bargain agreement between the players and, and MLB will sort that out because it's it, it drives me nuts. I just think that's just a bad way to do it. But then you know, he had four or five bad games, and then suddenly he's exploded, and he's you know he's had three or four multiple game hit um multi hit games you know hitting three and four uh hits a game so that's great so look guys that's been a, a great catch-up it's, it's it's quite a long one but it's been great fun it's flown by um and yeah let's all catch up soon that's all for tonight as mentioned earlier keep an eye out for our bonus pod with nick from the la angels uk as always feel free to contact us and let us know your thoughts questions or suggestions after all this podcast is intended for the fans so fan feedback is always welcome but for now all it's left for me to do is say thank you for joining us and go red sox